Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. It's all coming down. We're a sinking ship. Ready to die, motherfucker. Yes, That's ready right. to die. Hell yeah. Listen to Vince Staples when you get a chance. That's the new off the new album, Big Fish Theory. Song's Big Fish. We gonna hear it again at the end of the episode. But more importantly, we're here with Cena John, Mary Kelly. This is the brighter side. The state of... Of the union. Oh, uh, 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 uh. <coughs> I'm so sick. I'm sick. I'm so sick. Get it out of me. I need a transfusion of freedom. Absolutely. This is America. <laughs> and you can tell if you've been watching the news or you've just been talking to your relatives, you can tell that the world is in a fucking or the, the country is in a place where it is. It is scary and it is almost beyond repair. But I am optimistic Mr. Larson, I am very optimistic. Why is that, Cena? Because all the fundamental stuff is still working. Somehow, the world has not collapsed on us by the weight of Donald Trump's white supremacy. You know what? Shit, you know, as much as shit sucks, I mean, it's it's weird how stuff also seems to be fine. Everything is perfectly <laughs> normal still. I can still go get a sandwich at the bodega. My weed guy still delivers on time. Mm-hmm. It seems like everything still is is normal. And, you know, if you ask, like, black people, they're saying, ah, things haven't changed for them either. There's just more people that know about the racism that's out there now it, as opposed I, to before. Argument, you know, devil's advocate here. <laughs> it could be a little bit better. <laughs> things might be slightly better right now. I don't know. I oh, mean, yeah, exactly. Like, it's it, there is a good argument to be made that – the fact that more people are talking about how racist we actually are. Yeah, things are moving in a positive direction. Well, because under Obama, people are like, we're in a post-racial society. We have a black president. Now we're like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes and all that. Yeah. It's a very currently racial society. Man, and thank you. The racists, they came out to vote. They really did. They organized. <laughs> you thought the Hasids really know how to vote in a block. The yeah. racists really do know how to vote in a block. The racists, you know, say what you want about them. 
They're on time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're organized and they're on time. You know, and they're reading they're reading a lot of text. They're reading a lot of news. Uh-huh. A lot of news that they like to read. That they wrote themselves. That they wrote and like they, they write, you know, when they're taking a shit in the morning. <laughs> you know, when you talk to someone who believes every word that's in the Bible, you really can't believe what they believe in the news you can't how can you even have a conversation with them yeah you and me eddie they would probably want to string us up if if, you think jesus walked on water i don't know how to talk get in a political conversation with you well you would think they would believe in climate change then if they believe like the heavens are opening up to destroy us then they should presumably also believe you know that 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 this is happening if we could see what happened with the hurricane last week uh walking on water could be helpful to all of us. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if only Jesus was here, he could walk on water and save my puppy who's been drowning. He had lots of air in his feet. Yes, he did. That's what it was. Yeah, he had air. He had big uh, floaty feet. Yeah, he and, had uh, that's, sl- <laughs> and that's why he was able to walk on water so way. easily. He was on one of those wave runners. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so so we. I thought it'd be you know it'd be fun to just talk about all the different kind of swaths of society and all the the different things that are kind of happening right now mm-hmm. because I think we can lose focus on just like that very quick news cycle that we're all in all the time. Yeah. On just what's happening in all the parts of the country. Absolutely. And not just what's going on in the country, what's going on outside the country. Yeah, and how that relates to us. I mean, technically, us, America, what, we're looking at war with five potential countries? I just lose count all the time. Here's the th- here's the list I think. Maybe okay. I'm wrong. This you, is good. You, you tell me. Here's who I think we might be at war with. Okay. Iraq. Okay. Well, we, but we're like joining them. We're like of. with them, but we're, we're still them. in Af- there. Afghanistan. Sure, for sure. That's not going anywhere. Syria. Yeah. Russia. Yeah. North Korea. Russia. We're not at war with Russia. But they're cyber attacking us. Why do you have to hate on Russia so much? I'm not Russia's hating on Russia. Friends. Last week, I mean, two weeks ago, we were talking about how much I fucking love Russia. You, I'm not hating on them. I'm just saying this is who I think that we're Eddie, kind of we can't have a peaceful relationship with. with Russia if you keep wanting to throw them under the bus. I'm not throwing them under the bus. I'm throwing them under the tank. <laughs> <laughs> No, North Korea, we're actually technically not at war at either. I know, but it's, it's tense. It's very tense. It's very tense. They're shooting missiles over Japan. It's like it's like when you're about to deplane from a, a long flight, mm-hmm. and you gotta you gotta take a they dookie. They just won't fucking open that door. Exactly, and you're like, <laughs> I could I could have gone before, but it was the the d- initial descent started, and I'm not allowed above my seat. I am Middle Eastern. I can't get out of my seat if I'm gonna mm-hmm. go to the dookie and get all sweaty and stuff, and no one wants to see that on a plane. And then you have to wait for everyone to deplane before you can go to the bathroom. Then there's the whole bathroom at the airport, which is all shady and stuff. And what if the guy next to you taps his foot three times? What does that mean? Does he need toilet paper? Or does he want to come over? I mean, it means if you you've done need, an interview with a senator. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> if you need toilet paper, you just ask. You just ask. You don't. Yeah. You don't tap. Yeah. No. 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 God, I should, I learned that the hard way. You know what? It's funny. You know, I think is that if you know you're tapping your foot foot for some gay sex in the bathroom. I mean, do it in the bathroom. Seems polite. All butt stuff. Bathroom. Bathroom. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I even go. I go to the bathroom to fart. 
Yeah, just a fart. Man, I had someone look at me cross-eyed when I, I farted at a urinal the other day. No. They looked at me. I'm like, where do you want me to do it? I how yelled at <laughs> How are you supposed to start peeing if you don't fart first? Oh, man. you got, Yeah, it's the release valve. It's it. Yeah, you and can't, then you pee. Yeah, don't look at me weird because I farted in the place where the bat, where you get rid of all your bullshit. Girls are the same way, too. Girls are the same way. You've, you've, yeah, I exclusively farted at a urinal. <laughs> <laughs> Mary crushes a beer, farts at a urinal, and then just walks out. It's good for <laughs> Tallahassee Lassie. Yeah. <laughs> it's good for the echo. So there's a lot. So of who st- else are we in fight? Who else are we at war with? I Anyone mean, in Africa are we fighting with? No, I mean no, they, we just ignore Africa. We don't. We just we straight up ignore. No, no, Egypt. that's that's actually not entirely correct. We, we shoot Egypt a bunch. We of We are doing. We do the Egypt thing. We do that the cash uh, stuff. We give them a lot of arms. But in Africa, we do a lot of drone strikes against uh, Boko Haram, and mm-hmm. then you know we probably kill a bunch of civilians too as well. Yeah, because Boko Haram uses civilians as shields. Exactly. So what, what are you gonna do? You gotta gotta, uh, crack a few eggs to murder a bunch of people Alright, so war with Iraq We are joined forces with Iraq and we're fighting ISIS with Iraq Yes, so we've made some good strides in Iraq, actually. Yeah, Iraq. We've been, we've been, tr- uh, it's all right, you know, you know. Like Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Seger song. Let me, be whole the, song about it. let me be the person that pronounces it correctly. <laughs> we don't have like a Latin person on here to be like, you know, like, uh, like pr- perfectly doing My like accents the accents and enyes are out of place. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you know, that's like, a, it's a fantastic uh, job we're kind of doing over there. We're like joining forces, we're training up their army but you know what it's like the moment we leave I think it's when everything goes is going to go to shit again which is why we had to re-enlist more troops I was actually against pulling out of Iraq because I think exactly what what happened is we, happening we didn't really pull out as much as we got rid of it we pulled we like half pulled out because we wanted them to win the war and if you've ever actually pulled out of a woman Eddie you know there's no half pull out yes just, absolutely. just one kind of pull out mm-hmm. if you're half pulling out you're technically still inside yeah, so he's still engaged. In yeah, the we're still there, but we we got we only have five thousand troops in Iraq. Last Iraq, last time I checked, Iraq, Iraq. That's the French uh, Iraq. Yeah, Iraq is going to be an interesting place because ISIS is still going to be fighting there, and we're going to be fighting like a, a kind of like a, a geographic battle with mm-hmm. them there. But I think we have a good. That's actually doing pretty well. No, we're almost got them out of there. Yeah, we're, uh, we're doing pretty well. The thing is, when I was talking to the chairman, uh, the reason that he wants them to win rather than us winning is because last time we won and then the moment we left, ISIS just took the place over and bombed all the airports and it was made it really hard for us to get back in and out. And so that's where they want Iraq to beat ISIS's ass this time. That way ISIS won't reform and, you know, try them exactly. again. It, if you think about it very logically, it's like if you clean your room yourself... You're not going to want to get it all messy again. Mm-hmm. Someone else comes and cleans your room. You're like, ah, fuck it. Someone else cleaned it up for me. Yeah. It's exactly uh, what's happening in Lerac right now. Mm-hmm, man. I'll tell you what. Those uh, Special Force uh, Lerac soldiers are uh, intense. <laughs> <laughs> First-hand experience. Yeah, what were they like? I, I went up to them like, hey, guys, how you doing? You know, I, and I, I'm back. I'm just here visiting for the week. And they just like, no, no words. Just like looked at me, just... Mm-hmm. 
Did you try to ask the questions like, what's the craziest thing you guys have seen? No, I um, <laughs> I knew to walk away. Yeah. They were there. On, it was also on Christmas. And oh, so good. they were there, you know. You guys seeing family today? Huh? <laughs> you guys FaceTiming? Huh? What do you do for Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> Your kid sent you a card, said, miss you, daddy? I'm uh, sorry. That's a, that's not nice. But they, were, they uh, their Christmas gift to the chairman was, uh, was an ISIS flag that they just took. That's good. The boys and I got to together uh killed a bunch of terrorists and got this flag for your chairman he's yeah. like yes yeah they had it all crumpled up in a ball yeah and they would only uh show it to him upside they would only give it to him upside down that's what's up it was really cool and then when they handed it to him they crumbled it back in the ball and handed it to him like what do you that. think like the isis chairman gets for christmas ISIS. i mean uh, heads yeah it's just like <laughs> hello uh, mr chairman we got you all of these uh scalps yeah uh, twenty thousand horses they're all dead they're but all... We, they, you have you can have the horses we've got you all of these horse heads beautiful horse heads we've mounted them in a pyramid uh all with uh little uh toothpicks yeah. it's nice it's a new tradition we call it um day of two thousand dead horses yes <laughs> it is now in uh a caliphate holiday so everybody gets the terrorist day off this horse is very special. He starred as Hidalgo and Hidalgo, <laughs> and uh, we we slit his throat and we took out his eyes. And uh, now you can put your fingers in the eyes. You can make very funny noises when he was his mouth. This horse is the great great grandnephew of the horse from The Godfather. I know it was crazy. The breeder was very excited, yeah. and then we killed him. Yeah, it's very good head. <laughs> he sucked my dick. Oh, all right. So but if we move to continuing on, like the ISIS tip, though, Syria is also another issue that is Syria. not actually, I don't think, getting better. We are doing some. I know the special forces guys are going in there and doing some operations and trying to kill ISIS, but we have abdicated, I think, complete control and leadership in that part of of the conflict in the Middle East, mm -hmm. and we've just given it all to Putin. Are we just letting him take care of Syria? Now? Yeah, because I don't think... Well, Trump is kind of... He's not an interventionalist. I mean, uh, to be honest, I mean, it should be their fucking garbage. What do you mean? Russia should take care of Syria. Yeah, but they, but the, here's the thing is is we basically are tacitly supporting Assad because of that. That's the problem. And Assad's a murderer as well. Yeah, he makes... He kind of makes Assad it Assad is fighting ISIS for the right... To murder his people. Yeah, he kind of makes Saddam Hussein look like a like a well-adjusted guy. I mean, Saddam Hussein, you know, he had his faults, but he had his pros, too, right? Yeah, he had his pros that he used to kill people with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, th those are the—that's, um, th like, the big conflict. So we used to, like, fund rebels. We used to, like, uh, help with counterintelligence in Syria. We're, apparently, we're not doing any of that anymore. Really? Uh, and so— I, I don't really see how that conflict's gonna get resolved. I think the one way it potentially could get resolved is, you know, we defeat ISIS or they defeat ISIS or whatever combination is, we defeat ISIS, and then it kind of goes back to business as usual where Assad's in power, making deals with Iran and Russia over that part of the world. They're gaining control over that area and all of its resources, and then the people of Syria still suffer, suffer, suffer. Yeah. So. It's weird how they um, – I was recently doing some research uh, about uh, murder rates across the world. Right. And uh, El Salvador is the, has the worst murder rate. And you're looking at the number of murders and you're like, you know, we're Syria and all this because we know Syria's – they don't count the civilian casualties as murders. Yeah. 
So it's really in Syria. They're saying there's it's only a war like, conflict or whatever. Yeah, or whatever. they're saying there's only like 200 or something murders. So they don't count these. So as, unless it's like an Agatha Christie novel mystery, it doesn't count as a murder. Yeah, if yeah. it's not on Law and Order SVU, they don't count. Basically, it. Yeah, if it's done by a government. Yeah. Or an act of war, they don't count it as murder. Yeah, like the homicide. It's a homi- it's gotta be a homicide. Yeah, it's gotta be war. yeah, it's gotta be like a drug dealer cutting off a bunch of heads. Yeah. That 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 still counts as murder. Luckily for Syria, they're so poor they can't afford drugs. But they <laughs> do, do they grow poppy? Uh, I'm not sure. I think they're. Uh, I think that's more of the Afghanistan thing. Mm-hmm. And so getting to Afghanistan. Great, great segue. Yeah. yeah, we just threw a bunch more troops over there. A bunch more troops, and I think what we got like fifty thousand troops over there. Yeah, or something and, like and that. I think that war is just going to keep going. I don't understand why anyone hasn't looked at any sort of history, not even like ancient history, like mm-hmm. last thirty years history. That part of the world is like not maintained. There's mountains. There's deserts. There's uh, different climates that you got to deal with. Mm-hmm. There's so many difficult terrains. It's a tough place to and actually define what is a victory. I mean, we got rid of the Taliban to uh, virtually, but at the same time, it's like, what is victory for us in Afghanistan? Where we just turn into a big fucking Walmart? So I, I don't know how we can define what victory is over there, but it just seems Who's like it's in charge be- over there right now. I mean, uh, technically, Trump is supposed to be in charge. Oh, that, does Afghanistan have a president, a premier, or whatever the fuck? Oh, they, yeah, they got a president. They got a president? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So they got a president, and I, that's also ISIS, too, right? Uh, there's the an fighting. ISIS conflict over there as well. Yes, for sure. And we're, and we're not at war with Afghanistan. We are. Is that like Iraq also? Yeah, exactly. We're, we're, we're fighting with Afghanistan against ISIS. We're trying ISIS. to. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, then there's like Pakistan. They're coming in. They're not necessarily a good actor or oh, they're not actually a good actor. They're kind of doing some shady shit See, as I well. See, I thought Pakistan was at peace. No, Pakistan. Like, we're not at war with. We do a lot of like. Pakistan has this um, – their CIA basically is always trying to do some shady shit because there's a lot of, like, corruption in mm-hmm. Pakistan. So, like, that's why we didn't tell them But when we went in to go kill bin Laden because he was hiding in Pakistan. We're like, you guys didn't fucking know bin Laden was in Pakistan? And they're like, of course not. We did not know about that. Of course you fucking knew bin Laden. He's bin Laden. Of course you knew he was there. He was next to, like, the military – their equivalent to a West Point is where bin Laden was staying. Well, that's you always good to hide. In plain sight, I exactly. say. Exactly. Every time I smoke weed outside in the public, I just start smoking it. People never catch me. That's exactly why I do this podcast. No one's ever going to expect me. <laughs> <laughs> the brighter side, he was such a nice guy. The brighter side. <laughs> but in Afghanistan, I don't. I don't know what exactly victory looks like for us. It just seems this is now the fifteenth year of that war. I could be wrong on that, but it, it is now so long and now. You know, we I think we talked about this before. Now we have kids that are serving in the military now that were were born after 9-11. Really? Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> Hold on. No, it was only 16 years ago. No, is that or they did or they were um they can't know. They don't remember 9-11 or they were just Yeah, they were coming babies. They yeah, were they babies. were babies. Yeah, 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 yeah. In two years we will. Two years, exactly. Because Lord knows we're gonna be there for another twenty. Uh yeah, we're gonna be there for so long. And you know what? That's something to consider, right? So let's kind of like view all of these things together. And I kind of want to hear both of your opinions on this. So when it comes to Syria, that's a kind of conflict that could go on forever. Afghanistan, that's a conflict that could go on forever. Is the solution to just pull out all of our troops and let someone else handle it? Well, aren't we're still the enemy to them. Yeah, but. That's why we don't pull out. Because they're going to eventually who's attack them? us again. ISIS. ISIS, right? Yeah. But what about Assad? 
Assad, I don't think he cares about us. But so, I could be wrong about that. So is the idea then, as an American, if you think about it, less about ourselves as individuals and more about the collective consciousness of America, mm-hmm. is it in our best interest as a country to say to Syria, hey, we're pulling out in this way, we're letting Russia take over, sorry that you guys have to deal with Assad, but we're not going to actually help you do any sort of regime change? I mean, we kind of fucked that whole part of the world up. I mean, so it's in the weird way. I mean, like when Bush went in there and attacked everybody after 9-11 when he shouldn't have, when we knew it was just like a fucking closed group of people. From Saudi Arabia. From Saudi, well, they were from everywhere, right? A lot of Saudis, yeah. A lot of Saudis, but yeah. yeah. And so we went in and we we started fighting with Iraq and Afghanistan and we created a mess. A, a fucking disaster. We, like ISIS is a product of that, you know, yeah. and all that shit. So, if we, to just leave it is almost more criminal than starting it. But on the other side, Trump did run on an isolationist campaign, not only in terms of economics, pulling out of uh, having trade deals overseas that are advantageous to having companies based overseas, but also in terms of militarily being ba- have so yeah. many bases overseas. So um, it hasn't really come up among Trump supporters, but that was definitely a huge campaign promise he made. Yeah, And we have to, I think, remember, and and this is where I'm starting to be confronted with my own kind of isolationist views, which I I think I had for a little while, that we shouldn't be in so many conflicts around the world. And I do know every time we get involved in the Middle East, just shit hits the fan and we don't do a good job. But at the same time... Jesus got killed. The way... (laughs) The way... (laughs) The way the world works, like and how other cultures view power, isn't the way we we view power as being like a strong economy with a great military and the ability to have freedom of speech. Those are like the three big pillars of American society. I and think. guns and guns. Yeah, it's just the military, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same, but it, over there, it's like, how are you protecting your borders? How are you asserting strength to the rest of the world? And if we kind of become isolationists, are we asserting our strength to the rest of the world and speaking in a language that other leaders of other countries can receive properly, right? Because they're not going to see us having a big economy as a point of necessarily as much strength as opposed to when Putin's like, fuck y'all, I'm going to go into this country and take what I want. People see that as powerful. They see that as a a positive thing. And then we got to help step in and stop that. Yeah, exactly. And so – that's what I'm saying is I think now what I, I feel is transitioning to me in my life is I kind of would like us to go and at least assert our freedoms and and tell people, hey, this is – if you want to like interact with us as Americans, as a society, we're going to ask you to not you know murder children and gas them and we're going to fucking take you out if that's the case. That's where I'm, I'm settling right now. Well, it's kind of crazy. On top of that, in the context of a faltering, we put our fingers in all these pies when our uh, economy was much stronger. So if we're moving towards globally a global economy, what responsibility is it for stronger economies that are located closer to the regions that are in such crisis for them to step up and establish and try to stabilize these severely and chaotic situation regions in order to benefit the global economy as a whole. Another great segue to North Korea and China is to your point, right? China should be taking more of an involved kind of position on North Korea. But I think the thing about China is that they're playing such a long game that Mm -hmm. they're looking at this stuff 20, 30 years out 
Whereas we're looking at our like economic cycles of just like one year, two years or something like that. We're like, wow, this could be damaging us. We should be doing something now so that we can settle the markets or something like that. China's like, we don't give a fuck. And like, guys- Cause they know in 50 years they're in charge. Yeah. In 50 years, nothing's going to change for China. They're just going to get better. They're going to have more money. They're going to have more people building shit. They're going to be able to do whatever the fuck well, they want. They're building these super cities that no yeah. one lives in right now, which is fucking cool as hell. But they're, people are filling those cities up though. Oh, I thought the cities are still empty. No, no. They built them like eight years ago, and now they're starting to fill it up, and they're going to keep doing it over and over and over again. So they're building these super cities. They're starting to lead the world in uh, climate. Yeah. You know, so in, in, it, which is unbelievable because they used to be the worst. Yeah. They used to be worse than us, and now they're leading the charge. Which and they're going to have like the best transportation system in the world. Yeah. They're gonna, I mean, they're, like the things the Chinese are doing because they're able to basically cheat the global economy is pretty phenomenal. And that's like, this is where I think the, what Trump is as, as a human, like as a politician, is what's going to start becoming interesting because there's going to start being crossovers with what he does with what liberals, a liberal agenda wants to accomplish as well. Mm-hmm. And they want fair play. They want protection on the American worker. They want some of these things. And that those, that's potentially some of the stuff that Trump could get done uh, in, in his presidency, which is a very, very scary, very scary thing to think What's about. scary about that? The fact that you're going to have to eventually say you like him? No, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Where it's like, well, look at what he did this past week, right? With the debt ceiling and the Harvey relief, where he made a deal with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer to say, okay, we're going to uh, pass the debt ceiling until the end of the year. We're going to revote it on it again. But at the same time, uh, we're going to also green light all the relief for Harvey. And the Republicans were super pissed because he just went around them and just made that deal. Because you have to. You fucking have to. That was one of the worst things Bush did. And he hates Bush. And so he has to, like, do everything that Bush didn't do. Republicans love using that debt ceiling as, like, this big fucking, like, stick that they hit Democrats and liberals with. With just, like, you're spending too much money. You're spending too much money. And, like, most of America is just like, who gives a fuck? Money is fake. Get these people homes and food and shelter that just had, like, a devastating hurricane. Yeah, and plus the Republicans are spending money. They're just spending on fucking tanks and shit. Yeah, exactly. It's like, how many jets? Uh, One jet? No, seven jets. Seven jets. I want seven jets. It's, like, unbelievable. You can't have it. And the one thing, and and Trump, I mean, he gave a million bucks. He gave a million dollars of his own money. And, like, that's fucking, you know, I I know. Did he give a million are we, look at Mary's just like, I'll see if he fucking gave that. Million. But he gave a million dollars to Harvard Relief. Is he going to give it to Irma, too? I mean, that's good. <laughs> he goes, not every, not every hurricane is going to get my million, okay? <laughs> Irma, Irma, fuck you. You're not getting a million. Uh, and Tyler Perry gave a million. Oh, jeez, Tyler Perry. But he gave 250000 of it to um, o- Osteen's church. Oh, no, really? To help for them to help with their relief. God damn. So weird. The religion thing comes into play. To your point in the beginning of the show, Eddie, I don't know when people start. I think religion can help us believe that climate change is happening. You think so? We don't even have to we believe. Don't be- people who believe in religion don't believe in science. But I think we could just say, like, this is God punishing the world for not taking care of, of its home. Oh, okay. 
I guess isn't so. that like a religious argument? That's like I, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to start screaming it. If yeah, it's gonna work. <laughs> but even if you didn't believe that uh, that uh, that it's man-made, it's still changing. Shit is still going crazy. I don't know why that this. There's is a such reason a- the strongest hurricane of all time exists, and there's another hurricane directly behind it, and there was one right in front of it. Yeah, what happened to Jose? Jose was right behind Irma. Jose went into the ocean, just like most hurricanes Thank do. God. They just dissipate in the middle of fucking nothing. And who speaks for the fish? <laughs> Who speaks for the dolphins? Certainly not the Japanese. (laughs) (laughs) Who speaks for the great white sharks? Who's that's what like? And uh, I remember at one point when they were talking about Irma, like the weatherman was like, "We hope the hurricane passes into the Everglades as opposed to hitting the suburban area." And I was like, "The Everglades? There's all these animals. There's like an entire ecosystem there that are just going to be fish flying up into the sky and falling off people's homes." Yeah, yeah but no, the- but the government of Florida has been wanting to pave over the Everglades and put a fucking living. Condominiums and Walmarts in there forever. Oh yeah, but you know, I mean, the Everglades will always kind of exist. Yeah, I it's think protected so. by the national parks, mm-hmm. and, and the, even but if they're you, cutting the money to the national. But it's parks. a swamp, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can't build on the Everglades. It's a bunch of soup. You can't. Yeah, I mean, well, Manhattan was a swamp. Really? And so Manhattan, is D- DC is too. Yeah, Manhattan was built DC, on a DC. Drain the swamp, Mary. That's right. Drain the swamp. <laughs> yeah, but Manhattan was a, a swamp that was a bunch of Indians lived on, and then we came in and fucking put a bunch of buildings on top of it. Wow, that's why. I that's just, why even you go right across the river in New Jersey, it's all swamps. It's the same kind of land. I'm always on uneasy footing here in the city, dude. I mean, the end. I mean, you know about the the, the edges of Manhattan. Yes, it's all trash. Yeah, ready. We built on trash. Yeah. Well, we should have more. We should be expanding the footprint of Manhattan with trash. You think so? I mean, the river still has to run. It would be great. Manhattan, stay the same size. So so that was foreign policy. We talked a little bit about climate. What else about yeah. that? We got this, uh, who's the, the, well, the EPA policy, guy? Going back to foreign okay, policy yeah. real quick. I mean, let's face it. The real reason that we're over there in like, caring so much about Afghanistan, Iraq, and Syria is because of oil. And, like, you know, taking that into climate would be, I mean, we have to start getting more natural ways to get power. I think there's there's an oil thing, but I think there's there's just a, there's just a power and a security issue that is too politically uh, convenient for a lot of conservative politicians to use as a way of galvanizing our military resources together. Oil is actually, like, the price of oil has dropped a lot, so, like— Getting more oil into the market isn't actually going to help anything because the price of oil is so well. But to your point, we do need to find other sources of energy because if that oil does spike or something like that, I mean, we're we're still using it in all these different ways. I want a Walt Disney future. I want that solar like that power wall thing. Oh, the Tesla? Yeah. The Tesla wall? Yeah. What's that? It's just Explain like a big me. battery on your wall in your home. Oh, really? Yeah. And also they're creating a... A roof roofing tile, which is solar powered roofing tile. That's cool. If you drive through parts outside of New York, you'll see a lot from roads of people who have put up uh, solar power on their roofs. Yeah. No, it is illegal to run your house off of just solar energy, though. Is it really? Yeah, you have to you have to give money to the to the electric company. Oh, to distribute the power. Yeah, or something like that. I mean, you have to like you have to still go even if you create all your own power. You still have to go through the electric company. Yeah, I remember I there was a lawsuit they, in Florida I, with some guy. Is that right? Who just lived off of the land? It seems like a, they may have to like use the power company to like distribute the power. I know in California you can basically be energy neutral, which is like you store as much 
power you can in the battery and all the excess goes back into the grid and mm-hmm. you get like a discount on that. So a lot of people are doing that as well. That's cool. So the climate, I mean, obviously we're watching these hurricanes. You know, we just had the... We just had that freaking iceberg the size of Delaware. Love that iceberg. Break, break <laughs> off and it's flying towards Europe or wherever the fuck. I fucking can't wait. We're, Stuff like that's just going to happen like yearly now. Yeah. Every year I think we're just going to have some some like small internet story that gets retweeted 10,000 times mm-hmm. about a, a Glacier X the size of State Y. Yeah. Breaks, <laughs> breaks off in Ocean Z. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And like, like college kid B uh, dies trying to like lick the iceberg. <laughs> like I could just see that like sequence happening over and over and over again. Yeah. And so we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens with that. But I, I think climate is a, is a one area that I'm not optimistic about because our EPA chief is that guy that was basically oversaw all those earthquakes that happened. I mean, happened. I'm throwing out like four bags of trash a week myself. Exactly. You know, like, so it's just like, and how, that's two how bags we, just of your shit, yeah, of your own poo. Man, I, I, I gotta start using my toilet. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so scary, you know, because of the monster. He, he comes like, hello, idiot. He talks to me too. <laughs> I think we got to do it. We all have to stop being afraid of the monster in the toilet. Yeah. But, like, honestly, I mean, like, where's the trash going to go? Like, how are we supposed to actually, you know, change everything? Personal responsibility in regards to trash output is actually, uh, that's what they focus on. But the majority of environmental damage is done by major corporations. Yeah. The average footprint that the average person, and you got to remember, too, the fact that you don't have children and you don't have a house and you don't have a lar- uh, a front yard that you water and maintain, mm-hmm. cuts down your carbon footprint ridiculously. Hell yeah, man. Fuck kids and fuck lawns. There goes my dream. <laughs> I'm of buying ha- a dog. There goes my dream of having an avocado farm. But um, <laughs> I believe that, uh, and I think it's proven by the evidence, is that it's very convenient for government-based uh, PR companies to focus on a person's individual responsibility because you can be like, well, you should really, you know, recycle, uh, use your plastic cups more than once, but we're going to let this company get away with throwing toxins in the water. Of course. Yeah. It's like, let's not do anything about the fracking guys who are shooting a bunch of like splooge toxic chemicals into the ground, causing man-made earthquakes and poisoning the drinking water. How is oh. this allowed? Like, why is it like, why is like, there's, it's just like, we worry about so much in this country and we scream and we scream about guns and this, but like fracking, I mean, people are lighting their water on fire. There's two, I think there's two things. And we're not doing anything about it. Those fuckers, one, they have one of the strongest lobbyists, right, lobbies right now going because the with the price of oil so low, natural gas is a hot commodity that people are trying to sell on the market. Mm-hmm. And it's also now the way they were being, they were able to drill into the ground is now becoming more of like a, a math problem for them. It's like they can now uh, rinse and repeat every time they do it, and they do it in a methodical way, which means they can make more money, build efficiencies into like how they're drilling, and now they're not just pulling oil out of the, or natural gas out of the ground, but they're pulling oil at the same time. So now you like have this methodical approach to drilling into into this country. This is mm-hmm. happening in North Dakota, South Dakota, New York State, uh, all over the country. This is happening, and they're finding these huge, huge, so much wealth, and now they can sell it for 
boatloads of money on the open market. And so there's no incentive besides the nerdy tree hugging liberals that are trying to go in there and say, Why are you pointing at me? I know. <laughs> <laughs> but then people are just saying, like, hey, maybe we should have our water table. They're like, oh, why'd you go hug a tree, nerdy liberal tree hugger? And yeah. it's like, it's like, no, come on, this is a legitimate problem. We shouldn't be doing this. And then like even like Moderate scientists are like, well, if they just were able to do it in a clean way, fracking is a great source of energy. And it's like, well, no, they don't do it in a clean way. And they're not even – there's no incentive for them to do it in a clean way. Yeah. And so what What do we actually use natural gas for? Is that what I use in my, my stove? Yeah. And like stove. heating up my apartment? Yeah. You can use it. There's a bunch of different – a lot of uh, products are made with propane? natural – Propane? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that propane? I think, yeah, right? Propane. I don't it's know. a different type I'm of asking. gas. Stoves, ovens, clothes dryers, light fixtures and other appliances well like fixtures didn't we stop those fucking shitty bulbs i mean you live in new york city you know for a fact half of our houses have poison in the walls so yeah absolutely that's goddamn truth but i I think uh you know the natural gas is like they use it in like a lot of plastics and stuff too Mm -hmm. like a lot of like just products itself like how we make things have natural gas that it's like part of the process of building shit I mean, so it's almost you have to start these laws and then the corporations have to reinvent themselves. Yeah. So basically, if we're going to make the world a healthy place, these corporations are going to have to take losses in the billions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they just and we're not prepared, And I'm, we're not prepared to tell them they have to do that. And across some of our strongest corporate sectors, because natural gas, uh, gas is an ingredient in fertilizer, antifreeze, but more importantly, plastics, pharmaceuticals and fabrics. Yeah. So it's in everything. Yeah. And pharmaceuticals is the largest, really, corporate power in America. I mean, they're they're unbelievable what they do. With I mean, they're the biggest monsters of all. They're fucking crazy. Speaking they're, of which, I'd love to, uh, I'd love to get pick your mind on the heroin ap- epidemic in the oh, United States. Oh yeah, talk about the state of the union. Yeah. I mean, the state of opioids in this country is fucking unreal. Well, the, drug, the drugs always are going to change every year. You know, it's it's like what's available. You know, it's what do you been mean? heroin, it's been crack, it's been, you know, it's been, no, I think the it's been meth, it's but, been, you but, know, it's like no, whatever but, people have. But, but heroin is different though. Heroin comes, like the heroin epidemic that we're seeing today is not the one that we had 25, 25 years ago. It's, it's that we're treating pain when people go to the hospital. Doctors are prescribing it because morphine. they're getting they're getting pers- uh, pressure from the pharmaceutical companies. Yeah, and it's not just morphine. It's also uh, Oxycontin. Yeah. It's also all those like hillbilly heroin type uh, pill form stuff. And then when patients use it, they get hooked. They go back for more and more. The doctors are like, no, this is crazy. I'm not giving you this stuff anymore. And where are they supposed to get their fix? They're in pain sometimes yeah. or whether they don't know if they're in pain or not. They've never been told how to deal with that pain other than using these drugs. When, when in fact, they could be using a high-concentrated THC and CBD. Oh, God, they could be <laughs> just smoking that sweet nugget. It'll be fine. Let me tell you, people, smoke a little indica. You'll just have a nice, mellow night on the, on the couch, watch some Netflix. You'll never think about an opioid ever again. When I, the problem with the only problem with weed was when I, because I used to, I medicate to help wean myself off of Percocet because yeah. I was having a heavy, I had a Percocet problem when dealing with my hernia. I would just smoke weed to kind of relieve the pain. But the problem is because I had a hernia, sometimes the weed would make me cough a bunch. Yeah. And that hurt like a bastard. Yeah. And so, you know, I didn't and I didn't have access to edibles really back then, which really would have solved the problem, I guess. And, and so I answered my own question. Also, 
But it's <laughs> but why were you uh, did not have access to elbows? Because we live in New York, which is which was even a, a, uh, up till like this past year was very restrictive on how you easily you could just get marijuana or get any sort of uh, uh, like you know THC based product. Why do you think the world hates pot so much? Oh, I think it's just tough to. It's tough to shake something that, like, a, a view of something that we've instilled in our society for so Why long. Why are, like, so many grandmas down to, like, eat a giant Xanax and, you know, because and, like, a doc- fuck because up their a liver? Doctor gave a doctor it gave it to them. It's so a weird. Nice, a nice Jewish doctor told me I should talk to use the Xanax. You know, well, doctors are the only time that, you know white people get rid of the racism. Yeah, You know, exactly. they're like, I'm like, I love the Jews all of a sudden because my dentist fixed my mouth. Yeah. They're like, oh, that Muslim boy wasn't that bad because Do- my pancreas is, you know, fixed, you know? <laughs> Dr. Kumar keeps giving me that cocktail of Percocets. What I find fascinating about a lot of issues is that they all have a a group background in that these are all policies that cropped up in the early 1900s, so not even really more than 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. Marijuana only became illegal about 100 years ago in the United States, and on top of that, a lot of uh, these issues where we're having these discussions about having Confederate statues in cities, all of those were not put up after the Civil War. They were put up in the late 1900s to enforce Jim Crow. 32... Uh, statues have been put up since the year 2000. Mm-hmm. 32 Confederate statues have been put up since the year 2000. There is no reason to put up a pro-Confederate statue 150 years after the war was lost, and we all know it was lost because of fucking slavery. And like, and it's like you can say, oh, we fought the war for this, we fought the war for that. We fought the war because of fucking slavery. We were had people in chains and we realized it was wrong and then half the country said it wasn't wrong and the other half of the country said we don't really care but we have to fight for this. And so it's, it's to honor these people now is insane. And when I, I got it, I posted a couple like stupid jokes about the Confederate statue thing because it really like didn't, it bothered me. The Confederate statues. I was like, why do people really care about this? I'm like, and then I, so I wrote this like, and I'm like, I don't want to go at this with humor. Maybe it'll work out. And so I was like, Rose, like, I don't know why they're so concerned about all these Confederate statues. Half of them aren't even white. You know, like that's, you know, I thought that was a fun little joke, you know? And then then someone's like, well, why don't we just erase all of our history? I was like, we're not erasing history. Take the statue and put it in a museum. Because to me, you put a statue in the museum that we can go learn about it. I was like, even if we tear down the statue, take the head of the statue and put it in the museum. That even means more because we can go learn why we tore it, why we tore it down, why we're doing this. And so, but now, and then it, to put up more, and it, it, to put a statue in the middle of town, you are celebrating that person's life and their achievements and what they did for the world. And if they fought for slavery, then you are celebrating slavery. And to celebrate slavery in 2017 is insane. Yeah. It is crazy. And so it doesn't make sense. Like, why don't we just go ahead and put Paterno's statue back up? You know, like, it doesn't make sense. I mean, you, you tear down a statue because you realize the person did something horrible. 
And on top of that, it's not just an endorsement of slavery, but it's also an endorsement of the idea that individual states can break off from the union in an attempt to become an independent nation. Yeah, it's like if which you don't is something that we do not condone as a country that's united. If Except you don't feel like being part of America, just go ahead and leave. It's okay with us. Uh, no, you, you're in it. You're in it to win it. You have no choice. You can't leave. Contribute and do a fucking decent thing. And there's ways that you guys can vote. To get who you want in office, look, people did that already. They voted in. They voted in uh, uh, Trump, and the, the racists. They got what they wanted, and it's just it's just really unconscionable that we're still dealing with these things. But here's where I'm optimistic, Mister Larson. What are you optimistic about, Cena? Because right now I'm fucking really agitated about I this. learned the real difference between racists and white supremacists. What's the difference I, between a racist and a white supremacist? A racist is basically like a lot of people that we maybe have met in our lives they are just like they hate a certain race. They just like hate him. They're mm-hmm. just like fuck these people, fuck the black people, fuck the Latin people, fuck Middle Eastern like people. Like our fuck. parents. Exactly. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> Older generations, no matter where you far are from in the world, they hate some other culture. You got like people that hate the Polish people. You got the Iranians. They hate maybe hate the Arab people. It's all over the fucking place, and it's super racist. And it's really annoying. It's it's very frustrating. But white supremacy is this different thing where it's like they will assert that they are not racist, that they do not have hate in their heart. They're just born better. They're just born with better genes. Yeah, they can't be racist if they don't consider the other people people. Exactly. <laughs> How can you be racist? How can I hate you if I don't even even think about you? Yeah, if like, I don't even acknowledge your presence? And that's who President Trump is. And I that was the big realization for me. And it actually made me really happy because now I got to like wrap him in this view for me that actually fits really nicely and actually works incredibly well in viewing a lot of his policies when he even says I have a lot of love for these people I will he he may very well have love for these people well yeah he, but he does not actually view himself as an equal to anyone that is not white and rich racists think they look downly on people who exit their neighborhoods and come into our neighborhoods. White supremacists think uh, you should never be able to see a brown or black person yeah. because they should all go back to their home countries. And that's where bl- black people would be more comfortable if you were all just in Africa. You would be happier, black people. Isn't that right? Yes. That's the logic of a white supremacist. I'll it's- tell you who has a rough time in Africa. Uh, American black people. Oh, God, yeah. You know, uh, uh, white people from America have a much easier time in Africa. I won't, I won't do his memory uh, an injustice by trying to remember and repeat this, but Patrice O'Neill in his HBO comedy special from years ago, God Rest His Soul, mm-hmm. he did like seven minutes on just how I'm not African-American, I'm a black American, and because no African wants me back there. <laughs> and it was like this whole thing. And I was just like, this is the most logical, coherent argument I've ever heard about this. And it, it's really phenomenal, right? And it's like, yeah. even if I went back to Iran, it's not like I'm an Iranian-American, but God, for crying out loud, they don't want me back there. No, I, certainly I'm not. Gonna, not. They, I'm not going to. Not with them. your fucking mindset. Jesus Christ. You would not fly over there. They don't want you jerking off three times a day. I oh. mean, I, that's an American freedom that I... I hold dearly here. <laughs> Absolutely. Fucking how, do you, how do they know you jerk off so much over there? It's, there's open floor plants. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the 
racism thing is just so fucking it, scary and it's so weird and crushing. I, I mean I hate to be a fucking ignorant piece of shit but five years ago I didn't know it existed right right you know I just didn't know it was a real thing that this country was still going through and now the realization that it is real and that there is so much racism in this country it just saddens me to my fucking core, man. But there's a brighter side within that in the fact that if you were previously unaware and now you are, I think a lot of people who are in more privileged classes and more privileged upbringings in America are getting kind of the kick in the pants where you're like, no, that's fucked up. Yeah. I'm not going to support this. And it, it it promotes you to look at other people's experiences who you come into contact with differently mm-hmm. and perhaps more kindly. And on top of that, it motivates you in terms of how you look at politics. But I'm like beginning, like, it, I, I mean, I hate to say it. I'm starting to be, I'm starting to hate fucking white people. Like, I mean, don't go like, on a limb or anything yeah. here. <laughs> I mean, you know, and it's just like, but it's like, how am I like, be, and is that racism? But it, it, it you know, like, is that is, you know, for me to hate these fucking hatred, hate the people who hate? Is that also racist? You could be. I think it's you don't hate them. I, I would. I, I do. Would, I fucking hate their I, asses. I think you, we're frustrated, right? We're, we're pissed off and frustrated, and, and it's like they've been ruined. And it's not just. I would light a Nazi on fire. But it's but, it, but Eddie, it's not just the Nazis. Look in, in Dumbo here, right in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. in Vinegar Hill. The white liberal progressive parents that were touting how cool they are. They voted for Barack Obama, and I'll use that line from Get Out where uh, Bradley Whitford says he would have voted for Obama for a third term. That is like the like the pinnacle of what I believe is like white liberal racism, and that is also an issue. That's the kind of – that thought police type shit that we all experience like performing or if we get censored doing something like th- – uh, something that, that, that liberals may not like. Yeah. That's also – white racism it's mm-hmm. these white progressives that are also too sensitive to, to understand that the world has racism just permeated through every part of it and they want to they want to just be able to tap a like on their facebook profile to support a campaign but they don't want their kids to go to an integrated public school but on top of that um going off of that i think it's important to be able to uh make our awareness of both types of racism the extreme right version of racism which is veering straight into fascism Mm -hmm. and then on the other hand the very liberal approach to racism which is now we're more aware of like how fucked it up it is when a super you know wealthy primarily liberal person goes well you know i like her but i just don't understand why my coworker won't straighten her hair yeah like yeah. we're seeing both sides of the coin now yeah, yeah i think telling that, you how to dress and like all that shit too. well like let me touch your hair yeah oh jesus can i mean i touch I, your hair i can't come on <laughs> you guys touch have the same hair. hair yeah we have the same hair eddie <laughs> yours is much curly you know i condition <laughs> but it, it's it, yeah i, I but overall i think awareness is good because again it, it's better to be in my mind uncomfortable yeah and upset than it is to be living in a fantasy land. Do I still get the, like, I like, as a comedian, I like joking around mm-hmm. a, with about the differences between people. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the differences. Uh, you know, I love joking about how Polish people are stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I like, you know, Jewish people are cheap. I like these jokes. Uh-huh. But- and I don't want them to go away. And I think that once they do go away, it to, it's almost... More races to not acknowledge the differences in, in each other, to not acknowledge, you know, that, you know, the, what people do, that black people dance better than white people and stuff like that. I mean, why is that racist? Like, why, you know, so it's, I think that uh, there should be a level of acknowledgement of the difference between each other. 
But we should never hold it against anybody. And empathy. We should be nationalizing empathy across the country. I think people never think that you're doing something racist, Eddie, because you come from such an empathetic place. You understand someone else. Uh, someone else's experience when you're in that joke and then the context that matters. People say that we're all too politically correct. I think just the foundation of being politically correct is just trying not to be an asshole. Mm -hmm. That You don't have to do that much. And it's not just try not to be an asshole. And on top of that, I think a major point of contention is that the main complaint people have is when people approach making a joke about another race or a section of uh, the population is that if you come from a place of ignorance, like you've never met or discussed really on any terms with someone who's black or mm -hmm. someone who is Muslim or a different religion than you or a different race or a different gender, you're going to make jokes off of the assumption that can come across inappropriately. For example, I've had bosses and people I've worked with make jokes about my gender, mm -hmm. which I found inappropriate from the context of our interactions however you and I are friends you know me as a person so when you make jokes about me being a woman it comes from the context of you being with being friends with being a solid person who looks at other women as a person yeah people who make jokes that are inappropriate and come off poorly in my opinion are people that are making jokes towards black people or whatever uh, situation you're in where they don't actually are, they're not actually friends with black people. See, they have no interactions with people of color. That is a great point because you look at these things, and I am I, like, I look at like old former bosses that I have, and I make a, a, a black joke. I remember one guy in particular. His name was Chris. I'm not gonna say his last name, Tucker. but I, I used to work with him. <laughs> and I remember making a, a joke about one of the black guys at work, you know, and then we were all laughing, and then he just straight up dropped the n word afterwards, and I was like. Oh, you're really racist. Yeah. Yeah. Like this isn't like just like a fun little thing that you really think that that person's different than you. Yeah. And so then I realized, oh, I can't joke around with this guy anymore because he is actually racist. Mm -hmm. You know, and so it's like and it's different, you know, that that's what you realize is like, yeah, me and the Mexican guys, we make a lot of jokes, but this guy, he's not allowed to make the jokes. It's because there was me and one other cook, we used to share the responsibility as chef. I think and you're going to say we share the responsibility of making the jokes. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> we, we shared the responsibility of, of chef, and then I would make a joke at them, and they all laugh their asses off, and then later on he'd make the joke, and they would look like they were going to murder him. And that's because he was he didn't look at them as equals. Mm -hmm. And then I actually saw these people as equals, and like because they are, because we're all fucking people just trying to like get home to our families and, and cook and make dinner and like make sure everyone's okay and like and it's like to people who look down at other people and don't think that they're equal to them even because they have a higher job than them you're a fucking moron yeah and you look at the what's happening with climate and what's going on with the rest of the world and it, when it all when the shit goes down we're all equal yeah when it when it comes down to it when the fucking when the when the war starts when the fucking robots come over and the aliens come down we're all equal you know like so it's just, oh we could really use an alien attack <laughs> right now it would it's the only thing that could bring world peace that, i remember how how together and united we were after 9-11 it's like even joe people were like oh yeah, let's let's ride this kind of w i mean we weren't for... though but you dealt with a fucking shit ton of hate after 9-11 yeah, I, I mean sure i did but at the same time the country as a whole was united 
it against a common a common en- enemy for yeah. at least a short period of time. And going off of what you're saying as well, I think there's um, also in terms of making jokes towards uh, a segment of people is that you come in f- from the energy of not only do you know these people, but you're also going to know the difference because you've interacted with people. And I think that people that are in major urban sectors interact in this level yeah. where you know the difference between a person from Colombia and a person from Mexico and you know a difference between someone who's immigrated from I mean, Thailand. I mean, not by looking at them. But if someone says, if it comes up in conversation, yeah. you know mentally the difference. There's a big difference between making, if like a good friend of mine um, is from South Korea and she gets a lot of jokes where people conflate South Korea with just, you know, Chinese or Thai or, or Japanese. North Korea. Or North Korea. But if you're making a joke, for example, towards that, I joke with her all the time because South Koreans are notorious for being big drinkers. Yeah. So we joke oh, about they being love Johnny Walker. Exactly. <laughs> but I think there's a big difference also in just being aware and meeting enough people that you know the difference mm-hmm. because it is really rude to conflate someone's very personal uh, background and nationality with just like oh Asian person yeah but you you're also I mean? Irish so you get to yell at anyone about their drinking you know? <laughs> that's true <laughs> yeah <laughs> complete license oh man but I think um I think that's just a major part of it as well is there's a big difference between being able to look at someone and make jokes off of things that are based in reality about their life yeah based on what you know about them and just being like oh you must be a terrible driver is a big difference between uh oh you must be a big drinker and making jokes about that absolutely man so we're out of time <laughs> okay yeah and we, we barely got to any of our yeah we have like <laughs> five more yeah but we should could, we know you want to do you want to just we'll we'll reset and maybe just do another one real quick what do you guys think some, about well, that let's see yeah let's kinda see what else we got kind of finish what we're doing here let's start this song from the beginning if you don't mind man <laughs> we can't play the whole thing we're not we're not gonna don't start it just yet uh but uh yeah this has been the brighter side uh it was a lot of great thoughts. I love talking. We're going to keep going on this. Um, catch us back next week for uh, State of the Union Part 2. Um, I'm Ed Larson. Uh, Eddie Tunes underscore on Twitter. Eddie Tunes on uh, Instagram. Uh, come see the Murderfish show uh, at, uh, on uh, 929, uh, September 29th, nice. 11 p.m. at the pit. Uh, come check us out. It's going to be our last one before me and Jackie take off to L.A. and Hollywood. And uh, Henry's flying in for it. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're having a great time. Cena, what do you got going on? You're doing a lot of serious work? Yeah, on SiriusXM. You just find me on at Cena John on all the social media. I'm filling in all the time there now, so it's pretty fun. And that's really cool. And yeah. Mary, what do you got going on? You're coming to L.A. too. It's yes. very exciting. Making the big move. So um, you can follow me at MJ Bulge if you want to see a bunch of pictures of me at the Grand Canyon. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, also, brighter side, uh, we are moving, but we're not going anywhere. The show's going to keep on rocking, and we're going to keep on putting these out. We've got a lot of new ideas on how to expand and go multicultural, multicoastal, rather, and <laughs> multicultural, keeping Cena in, in the loop. <laughs> and uh, we are, uh, it's uh, very exciting. Uh, so please subscribe, check us out, uh, you know, go to subscribe on uh, other platforms, SoundCloud. Uh, just just do whatever you can to try to you know, let's let people know we exist because I think we are a necessary 
uh, evil towards evil. And uh, so please just keep listening to us and tell your families. Uh, it's I love talking and reach out to us personally. We love talking to you. Uh, we've got the Facebook group and all that stuff. But taking us out is Mr. Fucking Vince Staples. This dude's fucking home. badass. This shit's great. He's up late night balling. We all love late night balling, man. This man has so much great perspective on what's going on in the world. I love him. Vince Staples, Big Fish Theory, the new album. This song's called Big Fish. Be good to yourselves. Listen to music and fucking jam out. Rub your fucking booty up on some genitals. I'll see you guys later. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.